0: What is up, everybody? Mikey CLT here from Bar Down Breakdown, letting you know that our 100th episode is going to be dropping exclusively on the Hockey Podcast Network on January 27th. We will be joined by special guest Derek from the amazing pop punk band State Champs. Make sure you subscribe and follow us on all our socials so you do not miss any of our amazing episodes we are so pumped that we have made it to episode 100 and to thank you we are running an instagram contest where one lucky winner can win a steez brand snapback hat so head over to our instagram and enter our contest also if you are just hearing about bar down breakdown make sure you go and check out our 99 other episodes where we have had artists who have been nominated for grammys all the way down to artists who are unsigned where we dive into the crossover between alternative music and hockey so make sure you go and check out bar down breakdown wherever you listen to podcasts brought to you exclusively by the hockey podcast network
1: the return we have all been waiting for is finally here ufc's most notorious icon is stepping back into the octagon This Saturday, be sure to check out DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, for a shot to turn $1 into $257. That's right. New users can bet $1 on McGregor to win by knockout in the first round, and if he does, you'll be cashing in $257. Bet a little, win a lot. It's that simple. While we are excited for this weekend's premier UFC bout, let's not forget football is in the midst of their playoffs. So head to the app to check out the great playoff promotions. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Now, obviously, fans, you know that DraftKings is definitely the place to do sports betting. This sports book is absolutely phenomenal, and I got a deal for you. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $257 if Conor McGregor wins by first-round knockout. Place your bet and watch the fist fly this weekend. That's code THPN for new players to get $257 if McGregor wins by first-round knockout. For a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com/sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana 1-800-NINE WITH I-T.
0: Welcome to New York. The Devils, the Devil's State, State of Mind, of Mind podcast. Podcast. podcast brought to brought you, to by, you the by the Hockey, hockey Podcast Network. Now, now here's your host, here's your host, host Neil, Neil Villapiano.
1: Villapiano. <laughs> Woo! What is going on, Devils fans? It is once again your host, Neil Villapiano, and welcome back to another exciting edition of the Devils. State of Mind podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place to get the most up-to-date news going on about your New Jersey Devils. As always, thank you guys so very much for taking some time out of your day to check this episode out. I do greatly, greatly appreciate it. And folks, this is the first episode of the Devils State of Mind podcast where we actually have games to recap. And this is why I'm super excited to talk about this because honestly, through only two games, the Devils have shown myself as well as many Devils fans a lot of hope and certainly a lot of enthusiasm, particularly with some of the new young guys that the Devils have. So basically what we're going to do, and this is what you're going to see throughout the majority of the season, is that depending on the amount of games that happen between you know, when I record the episode and when it comes out, you know, I'll analyze what I've seen, what I like, what I don't like, what I want to see changed and things like that. And of course, if we have interviews, you'll obviously get them. And if we have rumors and other news to discuss, it'll be the same thing like you've been hearing over the past six months. But now we're going to kind of analyze some games and I'll give you my takes that you guys see on Twitter at Double State. I'll give them here on the podcast as Well, so we're going to talk about the first two games of the season. So, hope you guys are ready for this one. So, without any delay, and as I always say at the end, at the beginning of every single episode, let's drop the puck. So, we'll start with obviously talking about the first game of the season, which was back on January 14th against the defending President's Trophy champion, Boston Bruins. And this was certainly going to be a difficult, you know. Matchup for for the Devils, you know, being a young team and obviously playing in the Division of Death that is the Mass Mutual East Division, you knew right away, even though playing at home, you're not playing in front of any fans, you're not really dealing with, you know, pretty much any sort of, you know, advantage necessarily. You know, you knew it was going to be tough and you have a bunch of new guys on the team, some young guys that made the roster for the first time, a new head coach and a new coaching staff. It was certainly going to be a very, very difficult start. And I will say this, to put it as nicely as I can, the first 20 minutes of the game was really bad. It really was. It really What they looked like in the first period was what I had seen the past four or five years. They looked like they were still trying to play the John Hines defensive conservative system. You know, not really, you know, being that aggressive, you know, playing more defense than offense, not doing a good job of blocking shots and forcing Mackenzie Blackwood to have to make save after save after save to just keep the Devils from being down two or three goals. Unfortunately, the Bruins did find a way to get at least one goal in that first period, and it was scored by Brad Marchand. And it was surprising that he was even playing in the first two games because he had sports hernia surgery Earlier this off season, and the Bruins were not really sure 100% that he was going to be ready to go. Now, talking about injuries from the Devils' perspective, it turned out to be the case that Nico Heeshier is not healthy enough to play right now. He hasn't even skated yet, and even though it's only two games, you still want to hope that he gets on the ice sooner rather than later. With Jesper Bratt and Sammy Botnan, they're still overseas. At least that's what we've been told, and that's the news that we've gotten. They are still overseas in Sweden and Finland, respectively, trying to get a work visa to get over here so that they can quarantine and then get to practicing and eventually playing with the Devils this upcoming season. So that's kind of, you know, the guys that were really out for the Devils in this first game and basically the first two games so far. So my feelings after the first period of this season, I, I said, oh, no it's going to be it's gonna be a long season, isn't it? It's really going to be this frustrating already. And I'm like, first 20 minutes and I'm already pissed off. But the Devils certainly picked it up in the second period. And, you know, it actually really started back in the first period late when Igor Sharongovich making his NHL debut, one of the bigger, if not the biggest surprise out of training camp, number 17 on the Devils, who had been tearing it up, as we talked about numerous times, tearing it up in the Continental Hockey League, you know, during the offseason and leading up to this point, he had a couple of really good opportunities, including a partial breakaway where he nearly scored. And he actually drew at the end. You know, when you look at it in total, he drew, I think, two or three penalties himself in that game. So he really was a problem for the Bruins defense for the majority of that game. And I think him bringing that energy and that speed and that offensive capability, I think kind of woke up the devil's. Because in the second period, they certainly improved. They got a couple more really good opportunities. But again, they could not find the back of the net. So going into the third period, they were only down one nothing. And considering the fact that we were so worried about what the defense was going to look like, I have to say, in this game, and certainly in the second game, and we'll get into that in a, in a couple minutes, I thought the defense did a pretty bang-up job of not really allowing the Bruins to have, you know, really a handful of great opportunities. I felt like they blocked a lot of good shots. They really tried to you know, help Mackenzie Blackwood. And other than the first period of the first game, the rest of the time, I thought the Devils did an exceptional job. But obviously going into the third, the Devils needed some goals. And in about the nine minute mark of the third period, Miles Wood, who had already had a couple of really good opportunities and really seemed like other than Sharon Govich, he was really one of the guys that was flying all over the ice right away he got a partial breakaway and just before he crashed the net he was able to get the puck through the legs of Tuka Rask to score and ended up tying the game at one and that was a huge goal and if you were to ask me before the season began what would I think if the first goal of the season was going to be scored by Miles Wood I would say that that makes sense because honestly I've seen in years past where it's never really the guys you expect It's always somebody that you you least expect that's unpredictable. And Miles Wood just happened to be that guy this year. And, And Miles Wood scored the goal to tie the game. Jack Hughes got an assist, and that was really big. But unfortunately, the tie game didn't last that long. About five or so minutes later, Nick Ritchie scored a goal to take the lead off of a bad giveaway in the defensive zone. And that's something that I hope the Devils can continue to correct as the season progresses. Uh, By the way, Brad Marchand, I think I already mentioned it, but again, Brad Marchand had the first goal of the game. He also had an assist on the second goal. So he was already off to a fantastic start to his 2020 campaign. But about 30 plus seconds later, Ty Smith, who also was making his NHL debut that night, took a shot from the point it was a wrist shot that hit off of two or three Bruins players and then went into the back of the net for a goal. And the Devils tied the game. And Ty Smith was awarded his first National Hockey League goal. That was something that a lot of us Devils fans had been waiting for. And it was great that in the first game of his career, he immediately gets an NHL goal. Matt Tennyson got, in his, got the primary assist. And Jack Hughes got his second assist of the game. So already with two points, Jack Hughes off to a good start, but both teams would trade opportunities down the stretch until the Devils had a chance about, I think it was about a minute left where it was a partial breakaway. I think it might've been, if I remember correctly, Paul Mary had a really good chance, a partial breakaway towards the end that was denied, but both teams ended up settling down and the game had to go to overtime. And I will say this, the Devils by far were the much better team in the overtime. Murray ended up getting a breakaway, and I don't know what exactly is going on. He actually looked a little hurt while doing that. He didn't seem like he was at full speed. The shot was okay. It wasn't great, and the Devils ended up not scoring in the overtime, and it ended up being forced to a shootout, and the Devils really just didn't do a good job in the shootout. Gusev tried his classic move, trying to beat Rask five-hole. Rask wasn't buying it. Both teams trade safe for save until – we got to Brad Marchand and you knew just from the lack of solid shots from the devils that eventually the Bruins were going to get that goal and win the game. And Brad Marchand who already had a goal and an assist in this game ended up getting the game winner in the shootout to win the game three to two. And even though it was frustrating that the devils had opportunities to win that game and even win it in regulation, you still had to keep your head up and say, you know what? After having an abysmal first period, they played so much better, the Devils did, between the second period and overtime. They were a lot better. They were, in many ways, they were better than the Bruins. And I think some Bruins players will tell you that. But unfortunately, it wasn't enough for the Devils to secure a win, but they would pick up a point and fall to 0-0-1. Ty Smith was the third star of the game. Mackenzie Blackwood was the second star of the game. And obviously, not surprisingly, Brad Marchand was the first star of the game. And now we'll go to just yesterday. I'm recording this on Sunday, January 17th, 2021. We'll just go to yesterday. And I was going to record this episode actually right after the game, but I did have a hockey game to broadcast for the Jersey Shore Whalers. Uh, By the way, go check them out on Hockey TV. I cover them along with my good friend, Jimmy Finizzi, please go check us out as we broadcast those games. But you go into your first matinee. It was kind of interesting that the Devils were the only team playing a 1 o'clock game. Not really sure why. Maybe it was a TV thing. But nonetheless, the Devils began their second game of the season at 1 o'clock against the same Boston Bruins. This is going to be a trend, ladies and gentlemen. There's going to be times where the Devils are going to be playing the same team 2, 3, and obviously in one case this year, four times in a row. So you're just going to have to get used to it. So in this case, the Devils, once again, were playing the Bruins at home. And what I wanted to see was the Devils take how they played between the second period and overtime and get, and use that to play that way to start the game. And that's what they did. And that's what I was really, that's what I really liked. And I felt like throughout the entire course of the first period, the Devils were the better team. They were getting shots to the net. They were being ultra aggressive. And then with just a little under 4 minutes to go in the period, Miles Wood got an opportunity as he tipped in a puck from the point as Ty Smith. It looked like for a second Ty Smith got his second already his second NHL goal, but Miles Wood did a great job of getting in front of the net, tipping that puck and scoring to give the Devils their first lead of the season with late in the in the first period. Ty Smith got an assist, which already gives him his second point of his career and second of the season. And Jack Hughes got himself his third assist and third point. So even though Jack Hughes hasn't scored a goal yet, he has certainly been able to produce points. And that is really good. That shows you that he's definitely getting better. He's developing his game and you really do love to see it. And then the Devils had an opportunity, which ended up I wouldn't necessarily say it was the turning point of the game. It would have been had the Bruins gone on to win this this second game. But it turned out to not be the case. But for a while, it seemed that way. Here's what happened. The beginning of the second period, the Devils, they pretty much, you know, again, they were still being aggressive. But then they started to back off a little bit. And then the Bruins started to attack. And then eventually, the Bruins had appeared to score, but the ref waved it off, calling goalie interference. Then. The Bruins decided to challenge the play and they ended up being incorrect and they ended up getting a two minute penalty. So now the Devils, with a one nothing lead, have an opportunity to get a two goal lead in the second period. And the Devils, for the first minute or so of that power play, were really, really good. They got a couple really good shots. And then Miles Wood, and I had tweeted this out Miles Wood giveth, Miles Wood it away. He Had a little bit of trouble controlling the puck. He lost it. Brad Marchand stole it. And all of a sudden, it's a two-on-one going the other way. Palmieri was able to catch up to Brad Marchand and tried to pretty much put him through the boards. Missed the hit. Marchand maintained the puck. And all he had to do was pass it over to Patrice Bergeron, the new captain of the Boston Bruins. And through a screen, using P.K. Subban, Bergeron was able to get it under the stick of Mackenzie Blackwood, to score and tie the game. And I remember getting so angry about that, and I was screaming and yelling, and I, and I even tweeted out, I said, I'm so tired of the Devils doing this. I have seen for too many years where the Devils have a power play opportunity, and they do that. They give up a shorthanded goal so easily. And that comes from passing the puck way too much, trying to be cute, trying to look for the perfect shot, everything like that. And I know that some of these Devils players are so used to the system that John Hines pretty much put in these guys and it's going to take time for them to get out of it. But it's still very frustrating to see. Nonetheless, the Bruins did tie the game. The Devils did not end up you know, scoring on that power play and nobody scored in the third period. It was kind of a back and forth game. But I will say this, Devils with about a minute 27 to go in the third period were able to force a penalty, and they got on the power play. But again, too much passing, not enough shooting, and they ended up not scoring at the end there, and the game had to go to overtime for the second consecutive game. And the Devils started the first 44 seconds or so in the main advantage and didn't really do anything. And both teams honestly and truly didn't really give themselves good opportunities. It kind of seemed like both teams were just playing a game of chess, and it was just like Looks like we're going to have to go to a shootout. And that's what I, that's what I accepted. But then with about six seconds left, there was a face off in the devil's zone. And what ended up happening next was a tremendous, almost Hollywood like moment. The devils win the face off. There's a little bit of a scramble here and there. Kyle Palmieri, who had really been struggling offensively in that game, was able to get the puck and he passed it off the boards and got it to Damon Severson. All of a sudden, here's an opportunity for a two-on-one with Severson and Igor Sharingovich. And Severson does a great almost behind-the-back pass to Sharingovich, who has a step on the defender. And just as the clock is expiring, Sharingovich rifles a pass, a shot, excuse me, past Yaroslav Holak and scores with 1.7 seconds to go to win the game in overtime. And also score his first national hockey league goal. That was as dramatic of a finish as I've seen in quite some time. And it was awesome for Sharon Govich, who had been kicking absolute butt in the majority of the periods of these games in his NHL debut, he gets rewarded with that goal and he was so pumped up. The entire team was going nuts. And I remember after the game, when he was talking to Erica Walker, you know, obviously his English is it's, it's pretty solid, but it needs work and that's understandable. But he was just like, uh, you know, I'm a shooter. I like, I like putting the puck. I believed in myself that I could score and I did. And that's great that he has that much confidence at just 22 years of age and he fired at home. And I remember also someone showed me uh, his wife actually reacting to his goal and she was flipping out and it was incredible. and. What I really loved was that Sharon Govich also thanked everybody. And in the post-game interview, he thanked everybody for getting him to this point. His family, his wife, the coaches, the organization. It was absolutely tremendous. And it was just an awesome, awesome way to end this whole first two games against Boston. For the Devils to get three out of a possible four points against a very tough team, a team that very well could not only you know win this division, but could very well make a run at the Stanley Cup finals, for them to get three out of four points to start is a pretty, pretty good job. And I gotta give credit to the defense for really locking it down. He gave up only what, four goals in, three ga- in two games? That's a pretty good job considering what happened at the beginning of last season. But it was a tremendous victory for the Devils and it gives them a lot of confidence going into next week or this upcoming week. And this upcoming week is going to be a fun one because on Tuesday, January 19th, the Devils are at the Garden with their first matchup against the New York Rangers. And then two days later, on Thursday, the 21st, the Devils are on the island taking on the New York Islanders. And that'll be the first of two games in a row against the islanders they'll be playing that one on thursday and then they'll be playing on sunday night the 24th a week from today as the day i'm recording this they'll be playing the islanders again so here's the schedule for the rest of this month and i'll and i'll repeat this several times as we go through the season but here's the schedule for the rest of the month they're at the rangers they're at the islanders then they're at home for three straight games one against the islanders and then back to back against the flyers and then they get their first crack at Taylor Hall as a Buffalo Sabre against the, obviously playing for the Sabres, back-to-back games on the 30th and 31st. It'll be their first opportunity to play back-to-back. So that'll be very interesting. So right then and now, if you're a Devils fan and you look at the way the team played, there's nothing saying that this team isn't capable of being competitive throughout the majority of the season. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. This season, more than any other year, is a season like no other. And it's going to be a mar- it's going to be a sprint, not a marathon. And if the Devils can get off to the right start, and so far it's a it's a pretty solid start, they could really, you know, make some noise and really surprise a lot of teams. And I think that's something that Lindy Ruff was saying numerous times that, you know, with his system and the team that we, that the Devils have, that they could go out there and surprise a lot of people. So that's something that I really like. But going back to, you know, the the end of the second Boston game in which the Devils won two to one in overtime, the three stars of the game were Yaroslav Halak, Mackenzie Blackwood again, and Igor Sharangovich as the first star. And that was really great. Now, let's talk about some of the things that I liked in these first two games and some of the things that I didn't like in these first two games. Let's start with what I didn't like. The first thing that comes to my mind is obviously what I mentioned before, the first period. First period, first 20 minutes looked like absolute crap. It looked like every John Hines team that I had seen. And I was already getting ready to think, you know, to prepare myself mentally to go, I'm going to have to come on the podcast and go on a full-fledged rant about how, even though it's only one game, this team looks like the same team that we've seen for years and it's not going to change, blah, blah, blah. Obviously, that's not how I feel right now. It's a lot different because they did a lot of good things after that first period. But I want to see the Devils consistently get off to a good start. I know how hard that is because you are dealing with another team all the time. But still, you should have the mentality every single game, no matter who you're playing, no matter when you're playing them, it doesn't matter. You need to go out there and give it 100% right away. And even though it's definitely true that it's not about how you started, how you finished, it still would benefit you to get off to the right start to give your team confidence. And I think that Lindy Ruff gave this team a message prior to the start of the second game on Saturday against Boston saying, look, we need to get off to a better start. If we can do that, we put ourselves in a better position to win. And honestly, in the grand scheme of things, that ended up being the case because they had a better start in the first period of the second game and they ended up winning. Now, is that always gonna be the the way it goes? No, but I'm saying that there are plenty of times where that's going to happen, where if you get off to a good start, you're gonna probably end up winning. And it's about taking advantage of the opportunities when they present them. Here's the next thing I didn't like. I didn't like that the devil's power play is still not where I want it to be. Meaning they still pass the puck way too much They really try to find that pretty shot. And and, and I've said this before while broadcasting hockey games, and I'll say it here. These hockey players, they need to just understand that they overthink it too much when they have a man advantage. They think they have all the time in the world. And in reality, they don't. They need to just focus on getting the puck to the net. Because as I've always said, good things happen when you put the puck on the net. It's really an incredible concept, but. It's so true. It's so very true that if you put the puck on the net as much as possible, there's a very good chance. There's always a possibility that you never score because sometimes that's how hockey goes, but there's still a very, very good chance, more than 75% chance that you're probably going to eventually end up scoring a goal. And some of the goals that ended up happening, like for instance, the miles Wood goal, the second one. He scored in the, in the second game, he tipped it in. Why? Cause Ty Smith just threw the puck on net. With A couple of guys in front, they got a deflection and they scored. I want to see more of that, particularly on the power play. You have guys like Nikita Gusev, Jack Hughes, Andreas Janssen, you know, Igor Sharangovich, eventually Jesper Brad and, and Nico Heesha. You have guys that can put the puck in the back of the net and create chances. You have to be aggressive. You have a man advantage. You have an advantage, and that's why they call it that. You have an advantage here, and you've got to get pucks to the net. I want to see the Devils average six, seven shots per power play, because that would at least show, even if they don't score, at least it shows that they're being aggressive and they're trying to actually score. I know, obviously these teams are trying to score, but sometimes when you're passing the puck way too much and you're making yourself predictable, you know, it, it can be very frustrating. And that's what you saw a couple of times where the Bruins were able to anticipate some of the passes because they just be The Devils became so predictable in what they were trying to do and what they were trying to set up. And again, it's only two games. A lot can change between now and even the halfway point of the season. So I'm not going to go and get totally 100% pissed off. But if it continues to be this way, I'm going to have more and more of a good reason to be this upset because I want to see change, because I want to see this team start to score three, four, five goals, because I know with the skill that they have, they're capable of doing that. And the third thing that I didn't like was there were two players that really kind of, to me, were disappointments in the first two games. The first one was Andreas Janssen. Now, he did have, you know, he obviously I did see him on the ice and he has a lot of speed and he has a lot of skill, but I felt like at times he passed the puck a little bit more than he should have. He should have been more aggressive, taking it to the net, taking some shots. He was brought here to be a top six winger and a scorer. And through the first two games, he kind of struggled with that. But again, like everything else, you know, 10 days of training camp, no preseason, you know, and you're jumping right into it. It's going to take some time for these guys to get acquainted with each other. And things will improve, obviously, as the season goes along. But it was still disappointing to see one of the new guys not really be involved in really anything going on in the first two games. But again, it's early days. The other guy I was disappointed in, and I feel like I have more of a right to be critical of him. It's Kyle Palmieri. Now, again, Kyle Palmieri might be dealing with something, you know, an injury per se, because he looked a little bit slow. He looked a little bit lethargic. Maybe that's has to do with because again, only 10 days of training camp. Maybe he actually hurt himself and the devils either know about it or don't know about it. And he's trying to play through it. But I remember going back to that breakaway he had in overtime of the first game back on the 14th, he had he could have easily skated a little bit faster and given himself a better opportunity, but it seemed like he kind of slowed up and was kind of dealing with something and the shot wasn't really where it needed to be. And that was definitely disappointing. So I was disappointed by Palmieri's performance through the first two games, especially because you think about it, he is, he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. This is his walk year, And he has to prove to not only the devils, but other teams that he's still a very valuable player. But again, it's only two games and you still have 54 more to go to really turn it around. So I want to give them that. And also the Devils do have two days, Sunday and Monday, to rest up before they take on the New York Rangers for their third game of the season. So those were all the things that I really didn't like through the first two games. That that was pretty much, you know, what I what I evaluated from that. Now let's talk about the things that I did like. So we're going to we're going to end this on a positive note. This is, the first thing that I liked was this. I loved how the Devils came out in the second, third, and overtime periods of the first game and how they came out in the first and also overtime of the second game. I liked how they came out after that first period of the first game looking like crap. They came out with a lot more energy. They created a lot more chances and eventually were able to get a couple goals. And that's really important, especially for a young team like the Devils are because these young guys want to get confidence right away, want to believe in themselves that they can actually do this and they can compete in the National Hockey League. I want to see the Devils, though, start to create—you know be more consistent with that and not only get off to a good start in the first period, but the same thing in the second, third, and if you have to get to a overtime and even a shootout, same thing. You have to be aggressive. This league is all about putting the puck in the back of the net, scoring more goals than the other team, and the Devils have to get out of that conservative System that worked maybe about 25-30 years ago, but it's not working now. It's an offensive putting the puck on net league right now, and the devils have to see more of that. And I think you're going to see that more and more as the season progresses with Lindy Ruff and his offensive system. So that that's really something to keep an eye on. But again, I really did like those starts and I want to see more of them as the Devils go. Now, let's talk about a couple players that I really liked in these games. First one, Miles Wood. Two goals in two games. He really has a lot to prove. He wants to prove that he is not only capable of being a bottom six guy that can, that can give you 10, 15 goals, but maybe somebody that possibly down the road, it's, it's probably a, a far stretch, honestly. But you know, maybe a guy that could surprise as a top six down the road. I don't know. But again, the thing that I, I notice about Miles Wood is that he can develop into somebody like a Blake Coleman a guy that has that speed, that could score shorthanded, that can be that energy guy that the Devils need. And that's what I liked about what he did through the first two games. He showed that energy. He drew some penalties. He got into a fight 15, 16 seconds into the game against Miller to start the second game back on Saturday. I mean, he wanted to show that energy to the team and say, let's go. We got to create our own energy. We don't have the fans here. We got to get going. And the Devils responded to that. He ended up scoring the goal. He led by example, and he's got two goals in two games. Now, is he going to go on and score 25, 30 goals this year? No. But if he could be consistent like that and bring that energy and bring that aggressiveness, that's going to go a long way for the rest of the team to continue to respond positively to that. So I like that. I like that he's already got a couple goals, and I hope he continues that against the Rangers and a lot of the other teams that we face in this division this year. The other guy that I really liked was Jack Hughes, three assists, three points in his first two games. I would have liked to have seen him be a little bit more aggressive and a little bit more confident when it came to putting the puck on net. But the fact that he was involved in a lot of the goals and was setting up guys shows that he's developing his game. And if he can become a two-way player that has a lethal shot like that, the sky's the limit for the, the previous number one overall pick. So, I want to see him continue to play. I like the way that he performed in these two games, and I hope he continues to progress from there. Maybe he gets his first goal of the season against the Rangers on Tuesday. We'll see. But I think his confidence is growing. And because, for at least for the time being, he's playing on that first line because Nico Heischer is out, that's going to give him more confidence because he's going up against the top lines of other teams. And that will give him a chance to measure himself and say, what do I still need to work on? What do I still need to improve on? And how can I make the rest of the team better? So that's something that I really like from Jack Hughes. And I hope he continues that as we progress. A couple more guys that that really stood out to me. P.K. Subban, I thought did a really good job, especially defensively. But the thing that really stood out to me was how many times he just got the puck at the point and just you know shot it. You know, that big Subban slap shot. He wasn't afraid to do it. We didn't see it as often. Last year, this year, he's being way more aggressive, and I really love that. I really love to see that. I love that he's doing that, and I hope he continues to. And he said during the you know, the training camp interviews, he said, Look, I want to be more of a leader on and off the ice for a lot of these younger players. He understands his role, and so far he's doing that. And I loved how excited he was for Sharon Govich after he scored the game winner, talked about him on social media, absolutely given this guy, you know, pumping his tires 100%. I absolutely love it. And that is very good from a guy that's trying to learn how to be a legit leader and be one of those veteran voices in the locker room. So P.K. Subban, this is a good start. It's a good start for you. Obviously no points, but still there's other things that I want to see you do that could also be beneficial and you certainly did so, so far. And let's hope you can use these two games and continue to improve moving forward. And the last two guys that I want to talk about not surprisingly, are obviously Ty Smith and Igor Sharangovich. Ty Smith, a goal and assist in his first two games in the NHL, he looked pretty comfortable. Obviously, defensively, he was struggling a little bit and being paired with Matt Tennyson, you know, hopefully that gets changed, you know, as the year goes along. But, you know, I think that for the fact that he was going up against a pretty talented offense that was even lacking David Pasternak, you know, for the Bruins, He was able to block a couple shots. He got involved in the scoring, getting his first NHL goal, getting a point in the next game. I I mean, he seems very comfortable and ready to go. And that he basically, you know, you think about it, he's been kept away from the Devils for as long as possible, and now is that opportunity for him. And he's taking advantage of it, and you really, really love to see it. And Sharon Govich, what can you say? Had a couple of really good opportunities, including a partial breakaway, like I mentioned, in the first game. He got banged up a little bit, but stayed in the game and continued to be tough. And then he got rewarded after continuing to be aggressive. He got rewarded by getting the game winner and his first NHL goal in overtime of the second game to give the Devils their first win and also their first win under Lindy Ruff. So congratulations to Lindy Ruff on his first win as the head coach of the New Jersey Devils. So that's pretty much my whole recap and conclusion for for this episode. Let me know what you guys think about what you liked, what you didn't like, what you expect moving forward, and, you know, all those things. You can message me on Twitter at Devil State and also on Instagram at Devil's State of Mind. But the bottom line is, is this, folks. Devils Hockey is back, and it's better than ever. What's going on, Devils fans? It's your host, Neil Villapiano. Thank you so much for checking out this edition of the Devils State of Mind podcast on the Hockey Podcast. Podcast Network, the best place to get the most up-to-date news about your New Jersey Devils. If you want to check out more of the podcast, here's what you do. You go wherever you listen to podcasts, so that could be Spotify, that could be iTunes, that could be Google Podcasts, you know, wherever you listen to podcasts, you go and you search Devils State of Mind and you will find the new episodes that we post every week on both Mondays and Thursdays please also go check out the Hockey Podcast Network as a whole. We have podcasts for all the teams in the NHL, as well as other great hockey podcasts. So just like with Devil's State of Mind, just search Hockey Podcast Network, and you can see all of the podcasts that we have on this great network. You can follow the Devil's State of Mind on social media. You can follow us on Twitter at Devil State, and you can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Devil's State of Mind. Make sure to also follow the Hockey Podcast Network on all social media platforms. Just search at H-O-C-K-E-Y, Hockey, P-O-D, Pod, N-E-T, Net. If you want to listen to more of my voice, go like and subscribe to the Mofobo Network Sports Podcast, where I talk about all things going on in the wide world of sports. New episodes go out every Monday and Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, go like and subscribe to the MoFobo Network Sports Presents channel on YouTube, where just like the podcast, I talk about different topics that are going on in the world of sports as well. New videos go out every single Tuesday on YouTube. So it's spelled M-O-F-O-B-O Network Presents, and you will find it. again. New videos out every Tuesday. You can stay up to date with all the new episodes and videos by following me on my personal Twitter at T H E N V P S H O W, my personal Instagram at N V P Q B 11, and also Mofobo Network on Facebook. And last, but certainly not least, go check out both my books on Amazon and Barnes and Noble right now. The first is J E T S. Pain, pain, pain—the agony and the ecstasy. Nah, no ecstasy of being a Jets fan. This book is about all the pain and suffering of being a New York Jets fan. So, from all the painful moves, painful games, painful player decisions, painful ownership decisions—you know, where you know anything we could think of—it's in this book. So, this is really for the Jets fan. So, if you're a Jets fan, a football fan, if you know someone of those, or if you just want to support me go check out that book. The other book that I just published recently is titled Meet the Mets Mess, the R-E-G-R-E-T-S of New York Town. This one is all about the regrets of being a Mets fan. And even through world championships in 1969 and 1986, there was so much regret between those years, between those years, as well as the years following 1986. Both of these books are available for both hardcover and ebook for the price of 1969. So if you're a Jets fan or a Mets fan, or by some chance you're both, you probably guessed why I chose that price. So again, please go check out both of those books. The first one, J-E-T-S, Pain, 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 The Pain and Suffering of Being a New York Jets Fan, and also Meet the Mets Mess, the R-E-G-R-E-T-S of New York Town. So once again, thank you guys so much for checking out this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. My name is Neil Velpiano and we will see you in the next episode. Everyone continue to be the amazing people that you are, you know, every single day. You know, always remember to just be yourself and continue to kick absolute butt. And one last thing, rock on. Woo!